right. Uh, hey, good uh, morning, evening, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, hope you and yours are healthy and doing well during these kind of strange times. We live in an increasingly complex world. You know, it's filled with numerous bureaucracies, hurdles, and roadblocks. So you compound that regular perplexing everyday life with navigating that same life experience, experiencing a disability, you have it, it's really confusing. Perhaps it's intentionally so. Resources exist that at first wouldn't be on one's radar. Amazing programs, tremendous organizations, dedicated individuals exist and are committed to demystify and navigate this world. But how do you access? It's our job at wah 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 to help. Uh, our first guest really encapsulates that. He has just a lot of grit and perseverance needed to tackle these trials. His hard work, and I can't stress this enough, his hard work and determination have allowed him to be successful in conquering many of these challenges. And uh, just personally, it's been a real honor to see this guy grow up, become quite a mensch. Um, Tyler, T. Wes, how are you? I'm doing well. Good. Thank you. Cool. Well, thank you for joining us today. Um, let's, what, so let's start back. So I met you when you were probably 15 or 16. You were involved in a pretty catastrophic crash. Yes. Pretty, pretty crazy rollover car accident. I was a passenger. Okay. And then, and then how does that work going forward? So you go to Craig Hospital. We're in Colorado, so you go to Craig. Right. Yes, um, when I first was involved in the rollover car accident back when I was 15 in 2012, um, it was the end of my sophomore year in high school, and we were going to go study at a buddy house back back in the day, and car kind of rolled over four times, and just life was unexpected from that point on, and just like that, a blink of an eye, I fractured my neck and my cervical spine and was instantly paralyzed from the shoulders down, which resulted with me being a quadriplegic and having a spinal cord injury. So I was then admitted to Denver Health where they began immediate surgery from the front and the back of my neck. And I was there for a couple of days and um, I was then transported to Craig Hospital, which they're one of the top rehabilitations in the country for spinal cord injuries and traumatic brain injuries. So I was there for at least four months um, doing, you know, PT, OT. And back then I had nothing from the shoulders down, ventilator at the time, G-tube, all that. And But I just stayed motivated. And my, my mom was there being my biggest advocate to kind of what my future would be like from that point on. So... And your mom has quite a story herself. I mean, your mom could have a podcast written about her. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, just to briefly, she escaped the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia, killing fields, yes. came over here, started a new life. I mean, tremendous. Yes, amazing, amazing, strong woman. So it's, it's in your blood. It's in your DNA. Yes, definitely. She takes a lot of that acknowledgement of who I am as a person. So yeah. So when people, when people talk about... Um, where on the spine is like the lower the number, the more severe. Like so, what, when when they talk about those parts of the injury, what does what does that mean? What do you what's happening with with your spine? Right. So mine's a pretty high injury since it was in my neck. So usually people who have a spinal cord injury, if 
they're um kind of higher in the neck that's kind of most severe so that's your cervical spine which goes from like c1 to c7 okay so c1 would be the most extreme right yeah that's kind of like right at your brain stem so that's the most severe and um could be life life you know life threatening um because that kind of controls your whole you know nerve cells and your diaphragm and um all that so mine was c4 and that's a pretty high injury so um i was instantly paralyzed from the shoulders down and um kind of throughout um these years just pt and ot really trying to regain those um muscles the fire back and you know connect the brain to the nerves to function again and so um and then people who break their backs or like T12, T11, um, they're usually paralyzed from the waist down. So those are like paraplegics. Okay. And, um, so, yeah, mine was a pretty high cervical injury. Okay. So when you, we'll get to some of the PT and OT because I, I, I don't want to downplay how much you work. Um, so I remember somehow, well, let's get to that. So you were at Denver Health and then you're at Craig for X amount of months. You're at Denver Health and they're instant surgery, then you're back at Craig, and you're going through uh, occupational therapy, you're going through physical therapy. Yeah, even speech, too. Even speech. Yeah, okay, so like, cognitively, initially, at the begin at the accident, like, cognitively, there was a concern about where you'd be? Right, yeah, but I didn't lose conscious at all during the accident, um, which was, um, I was very blessed for that, and, um, yeah, nothing cognitively really um, hurt my brain, mm-hmm. and um, just more of a physical um, injury so but yeah back then I had to do speech therapy at the time because I was on a ventilator for quite some time and you know learning how to talk again and swallowing whole foods because um, I couldn't do do all that because at that g2 at the time sure. so so the the ventilators in your in your going down your like trachea I mean, yeah okay in my throat okay. yeah so I'm I couldn't talk because um, it was doing all the breathing for me, and um, but kind of gradually, when I was an inpatient at Craig, I tried to just wean off of it, and you know we would put a cap on it to see if I'm able to take independent breaths on my own. So that that took a lot just there mentally to um, just be able to breathe on my own and getting my lungs strong enough so I didn't have to rely on that ventilator so you're relearning all these things definitely yeah it's just a whole new lifestyle right i mean to say the least right yeah but i mean like we we hear about craig hospital being like thank god craig hospital is in our backyard thank god about craig and amazing like what makes craig different what's craig to you definitely um it's a second home for me definitely they provided me and my family with just so much love and caring to each patient and for me yeah and you it, feel that like definitely. you feel it with the nurses you feel it with the therapists yeah definitely and um crazy thing is too because i was one of the youngest ones to be admitted to craig because only 15 at the time they didn't really accept patients that young so i was either going to go to a children's hospital but my mom really advocated me to go to Craig to get the best of the best for my certain needs, just who I was before 
being an athlete and a soccer player. So um, definitely very fortunate to be going to Craig and still am as an outpatient to get those therapies. But um, but yeah, it felt like a second home to me. And all my nurses and techs were very welcoming and they taught my mom how to do all my care and just everything she needs to know from that point on to get back home and back into the real life. Like, when I think of Craig, you have people that are, like, the new people there, like, quote-unquote new people, they've been there for 20 years. Like, the culture there is amazing, right? Like, people don't want to leave. No, it's definitely, it's so much history there. and People I've met who's been there 30, 40-plus years. Wow. Yeah. While while we're on the topic with Craig, could you talk about your uh, peer mentorship there? Kind of how you're giving back? Yes. Um, Being... An outpatient now, I wanted to become a volunteer and um, went through all the courses for that to get certified and uh, to become a paramentor for those newly injured patients, um, which, of course, I can relate from being very young. And most the guys there and gals, they're, you know, they're teenage prime years and they have their whole life ahead of them. and um, they can really relate to me, um, just who I was before and my outcome and progression from today. And um, they can really um, have a just a heartfelt moment for me to kind of teach them and just everything I've learned and help them navigate this new world for them and new lifestyle. Because you've been through it. Right. Yeah. So it's very, very um, rewarding for me to kind of mentor them and to never give up and just keep going well do you did you have a mentor when you were there at 15 no so they yeah they didn't really have this paramentor program it's recently new um a couple years but yeah mainly there's mostly people older than me uh, of course i was pretty much the youngest one and um didn't have a paramentor kind of system going but now they have like um a class where it's mainly for those younger impatients to kind of attend and, um, you know, because we're teenagers and we yeah. we want to still live life and um, get back into reality. Yeah. So I'm glad they started that. But, yeah, I did not okay. have anyone. But I think that would have been so helpful right. if I kind of had someone to lean on at the time. Oh, and sure. Yeah. I mean, your experience would be different than a 47-year-old guy. <laughs> definitely yes right right. um okay so we're at craig we're we're going through this and now you you leave you leave craig hospital you're gonna go live with your mom right you're a kid you're you're 15 years old maybe 16 at the time 15 uh yeah i actually turned 16 in at craig um that next month in june so okay yeah the action was in may and then right okay so you go home yes what happens there what did your mom have to do like, I mean, is your house, I can't imagine it's completely accessible. Right. Like, your whole, like, do you have to move? Um, yeah, that was an option. My mom had to decide as well if we wanted to move from, you know, my childhood house that I grew up in with my sister as well and um, or do modifications. And um, my mom acted really early um, while I was a inpatient at Craig. 
before I got discharged um, to kind of reach out and find other resources where um, people could help to do modifications and build ramps and stuff like that. So that's where, yeah. Did she, I mean, your mom, I don't know this, but she probably didn't know any of the stuff about accessibility or uh, disabilities. Oh, no. I mean, this is all brand new to your mom. Yeah, she knew nothing okay. about, yeah, just a whole new profession for her. And so 2012, does she go to the internet? Does she have friends? Are there people like Craig that help her? Um, so mainly she did a whole lot of researching on her own. So just being the person that she is, she wanted the best, you know, for me and did a lot of research. And um, Craig gave us some insight, but um, kind of not to an extent where um, she would have to be doing more of the looking up stuff to help me. But um, yeah, she kind of just searched for all these nonprofits and foundations that help me to get back to life. And um, so definitely it's a big part on her being the Completely. advocate. So. Completely. Yeah. Mama bear. Mama yes. lion, right? <laughs> She's taking care of her kid. I mean, like, so you come back, the house isn't done. So, so you have to do the modifications of the house. So you have to make it more accessible. So what are some of the things you guys do to do that? Yes, yeah, so my mom found um, this foundation called the Home Home Builders Foundation, and they provide ramps and make accessible showers. And you have to pay for ex- that? No, all for free, and um, there's volunteers that help, and then there's a construction guy that kind of helps them and guides them what to do and whether to paint the deck or ramp, and um, it's all, yeah. What a great program. Yeah, it's definitely, I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to get in, into my house without the Home Builders Foundation, and that's when they made a ramp for my front entrance, and since my room was upstairs at a time because we're living in a second um, two-story house, so um, we had to find a way where they can um, either get me upstairs with um, some sort of um seat lift or something yeah, yeah. but um we were able to convert actually half of my garage into kind of my own suite area and you're like the fonts right live in the garage over the cars or is it <laughs> over the cars or just in the garage no so it's just half the garage and there's just a wall there so you cool. my mom's not able to park her car in there okay and stuff but it doesn't even you know it just looks like part of the living room inside my house oh, nice. they did a really good job and um, created a a walk-in shower right by my room too. So we did have a bathroom in there at the time, but they modified that to a roll-in shower and um, bathroom area for me. Cool. Home Builders Foundation. So we'll put yes. that on the uh, website too. And then somehow, so what's the time frame for the Chanda plan? Yes. Um, not too sure on the timeline, but um, I'd say. Found out about the Chanda plan, and then I was able to, yeah, get um, massage and acupuncture and chiropractic care and all that. And then um, Chanda was also a good help to my mom and myself for these other resources to um, navigate. So We'll put all their information yeah. at the end of this, right, mm-hmm. Jason? We can put all their, mm-hmm. uh, on the 
So the Chanda plan, and then Chanda plan, you're there, and then the Chanda plan tells you about this place called Pasco. Yes. Okay, so that's us. Right. Nice. Yes. Um, yeah, Pasco, it's, it's been great for um, me and my mom, and just her doing all my care for me, and someone that I know, and not just some random stranger, you know, mm -hmm. coming into my home, which for me at the time, I was, you know, very young. and Little guy. Yeah, insecure at the time and just getting out of my prime teenage years and um, just, you know, didn't want to expose, you know, myself to yeah. people and doing my care. But um heard about Pasco and got enrolled with them and got certified and trained to be my CNA. And um, yeah, it's been, the rest has been history yeah, these the past eight years. Okay. So... Um. So your mom gets it with Pasco, okay. And I'm trying to think, if I met you, and I, I want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, like you were, you say you're a C4, but you, were you had a sip and puff, so you had a, on your chair, you had like a, a straw or something like a straw that would help yeah. move you. Yeah, it's called a sip and puff, so that's how I navigated my wheelchair, just by blowing and sucking through that straw. Okay. So, um, yeah, and... Going, okay. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, so just navigating from that to where I am today. Yeah. Um, it's just. And how did you come in the office today? I forgot. I'm looking at it right now, but I, I forgot. How did you come in the office today? <laughs> With my mom. Yeah, you. But you came in in a sip and puff. Oh no, my I walked in. You walked in. Right. Yes. I was. I guess you know part of the thing about you, which I think is. You know, I like there, there's an inspira inspiring, but I think you would look at me and say, "Screw you, I'm not inspiring. I work really hard." So I think we go back to pre-Tyler, uh, pre-injury. You're you're an amazing athlete. You play soccer's your game, right? American yes. uh, football, football, American yeah, soccer here. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's your game. You, you have friends that have gone on to play professionally. Yes. But I mean, I would have to think you worked hard before. Most definitely. So yeah. this wasn't new to you when you're going to Peak Center. Peak Center's at Craig, right? Correct. So yeah, this was not new to me. I knew my body so well. I knew how to train. Um, definitely, it was a physical and mental thing, too. And to get the best and be a professional athlete. But, yeah, since um, I had that background, that's really what helped my recovery at the time at Craig and throughout these years to get back on my feet again. So literally. Yeah. Right. So definitely all. So what kind of stuff plays. is involved in that? Like I, I can go to Craig and I look at those and you show me some of these machines. Like what kind of stuff are you doing at Craig at Peak Center? Yeah. So they have all types of different um, technology there to help people get back on their feet and all these robotic legs and, um, stimulation bikes and um, so an immense amount of therapy I did pretty much every day um, they had a schedule for us and just one hour after an not another hour I always had something to go to whether it be PT, OT, speech, um, nursing or these classes where they kind of navigate you how to you know, transfer into a car, airplane stuff, and um, just all that. So, um, yeah, um, in the Peak Center, I started on this called um, 
this locomotive kind of treadmill. So they kind of hook up your legs with these robotic um, legs and they kind of help you assist on the treadmill. It's like Blade Runner. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely, definitely made me feel like Iron Man. Yeah, you're in the future. Um, yeah, they have just so much equipment there. And, and then is that hooked up to diagnostic tool i mean are they yeah what it's all like programmed muscles? to a computer and you can track your you know level of steps or how much are you actively doing it or is it the yeah. machine and um yeah that's all programs so and like so i when when i work out i need to have all those metrics right it tells me how many calories like when you're going you know all those things that i just need for myself but like when you're doing this at craig is it telling you like because you're working, I mean, this is not like some ding dong at the gym. This is like you're, like you went from the sip and pop, which is pretty extreme, to like the other extreme, right? Not right. extreme, but like pretty amazing transformation. Yeah. Um, I think you're downplaying how hard you worked. <laughs> like, I mean, what, like, how much are you sweating? How much, like, it, how much work is this? Oh my gosh, it's. Did you ever cry? I mean, um, just like our throw up. I mean, any kind of those <laughs> things where you're just so exhausted. Not too much. Um, I really had a, you know, I think the main thing for me was kind of my strong support system and all my friends visiting me as well, my soccer buddies, my mom always being there and just pushing me to, you know, never give up as well. And I just never had kind of fell into that deep hole of depression or anything like that. And um, But I just kind of... Always, I did have my, you know, down days, sure. um, mainly at night time, so, um, in the hospital, but for the most part, um, the techs and PTs at, and OTs at Craig really pushed me, so they were another um, resource who really helped me with my prog progression to just really push you and just, they don't, they don't let you. They they don't say no to anything, so. All right. And you already had this athletic. I mean, like, I think that's the thing with you is, like, you already knew how to work hard. Like, you weren't yes. afraid of this. Right. Yeah. And you were just there today. Like, before you came here, you were at Craig today. Yeah. It's like, this is ongoing. Right. Yeah, it still is. And um, definitely it's an everyday thing where I just got to push myself. And, um, but, yeah, but back then, going from a sip and puff and um, just – the first thing that moved for me, I can remember, was my right toe, and that's that's that was such a huge celebration for my family and I, and just those little things, and then led up to you know me taking independent steps, and um, going from a sip and puff to like a foot drive wheelchair, and then um, one where I can maneuver with my right hand. Can you hear, describe what a foot drive wheelchair, real quick. Yeah, foot drive. So. I'm able to move more in my lower extremities than my upper extremities. Both so, legs. Right. But mainly my right side is the strongest. But um, they have a wheelchair where it's almost like a gas and um, gas and brake, like a car, but on your foot pedal. So I'm able to like push down to go forward and then turn my foot left and right to turn the wheelchair. It's electric? Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's not a lot of people use that but since my injury was so unique um i have more of a central spinal cord injury so 
more impairments on the upper extremities than the lower. So um, my legs were definitely and still is more stronger than my arms and hands. So um, we started off with that. And then once my I got some movement kind of my right thumb and right hand, I was able to switch from that to a regular joystick um, wheelchair, which is more common and then progressed to a two-wheel walker and then a four-wheel walker now and you know my next step is maybe a cane or right. no assistance at all cool well i mean you just work hard i mean that's it yeah um so we're gonna get in i have a couple more things i wanted to talk to you about i think one of them would be so you're active in sports before what do you do now to stay active sports wise um, I just continue doing therapy, and um, I'm going to recently start at a new gym called New Ability, actually this week, and um, I haven't been back since eight years when I got discharged from Craig. Oh, wow. It used to be called SCI, Recovery Project, and that's kind of where I started to continue those ongoing therapies and, you know, adaptive exercises, um, so I'm going to be doing that. And also going to the channel plan for massage and acupuncture and um, at-home stuff. And also live by my local rec center. So sometimes I go there to do my, like, an FES bike or okay. stuff like that. What about soccer? Are any programs available? Yeah. Um, there is a league called Power Soccer, and we're... I'm in it. We're called the Rolling Rapids. Nice. So, um, yes, it's where people with all different types of disabilities, they are in a powered wheelchair, and they have these kind of huge guards around your foot, foot plates. Okay. And we play on a basketball court, and there's usually four players, including the goalie. And um, we play kind of with these huge inflatable, like 10 times bigger than a regular soccer ball. Okay. To, and then we maneuver our wheelchairs by hitting it with that guard. And it's almost like bumper cars. But Yeah? Like, yeah. You, you, like you go for tackles? I mean, there's things that are equivalent <laughs> to that? Um, like you're no. going for people's chairs? No, not necessarily. Unfortunately, you can't do that. Unfortunately. You're but... <laughs> Yeah, um, but it's an actual league, and it's an Olympic sport, cool. and we hope to grow more here in Denver and kind of expand that more to other individuals who want to get back to a sport and keep playing. So Perfect. Yeah. Well, we'll have the website for that. What's it called again? Um, we're the Rolling Rapids, and it's just a power soccer league. Cool. Oh, that's really cool. I love that. Um, all right. Well, I know uh, another really cool thing happened. Again, a lot of hard work. Uh, yes. Uh, what happened recently that you just you did? Yeah, just recently, um, the end of last year, I was able to obtain my license and your pilot's license, my vehicle license. <laughs> yeah, your license. That's the best. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty psyched about that, and it's been a process for the past eight years, and to get to where. I am today with all the modifications for my van and um, getting that all improved and um, just me working hard physically just to 
have the strength to operate a vehicle. So now, describe that more. The, the strength that it's taxing. There's a lot of stamina involved in that. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, definitely there is, and um, you know, both people, enabled body person. You know, they need both their arms, but luckily there's assistive and adaptive technology where and individuals with impairments can be able to drive again. And I was fortunate enough to get that all modified for me. And um, so I was able to get my right arm strong. So I was able to turn the wheel and do all that. And But um, my system, my setup is pretty crazy um i can explain that yeah it, um, well i know it's like a world thing right like it's yeah. like from israel from poland i mean like it's all over the world this thing so yeah, describe like your insight it's like a, the delorean from uh back to the future what's happening in that van yes so my van setup is i drive from my powered wheelchair and um i have my keys and then i'm able to press a button and the fold-out ramp comes out and then i kind of roll up into the van and then I go right under the steering wheel and kind of in the floor there's kind of this locking mechanism so my wheelchair isn't rolling around and I kind of just um, maneuver and the seatbelt's already going across so I'm able to just um, kind of get my knees um, under the seatbelt and roll right under it so everything's already attached so I don't have to worry about reaching across to get the seatbelt or anything like that um, since I'm not able to so I would get locked in place and for gas and brake I'm able to use my right foot just like a regular person and then for steering it's called um, an electric steering system so it's almost how I operate my joystick in my power chair but I would move that out the way and put my right arm on it, my right hand, and pretty much just turn it left and right, and that would turn the whole steering wheel. And for blinkers and stuff, I have... Do you use your blinkers? I do. Good, good man. <laughs> yes, do you? Yeah, I do. That's I do. good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so for blinkers, I have a little left head switch that I hit. So one beep is a left turn signal. And then I hold it for two beeps, and that's the right turn signal. And then three beeps, it could operate like windows and um, wipers, stuff like that. And then what about the stereo? How do you operate the stereo? That's very important. Yes. Um, so there's also um, kind of it's almost like a little touch touchpad thing yeah. where I operate it with a mouse stick. Okay. To um, and then there's um, different buttons that I can use with that mouse stick, which I grab with my mouth and kind of operate, you know, starting the car and adjusting the heater, temperature, windows, and uh, the steering system. Yeah, I have a, I have a sunroof. So, so this car pretty pretty affordable, I imagine. How did how did you get? <laughs> yeah. Did you have the cash, or how did you utilize monies to get this? Yes. So, do, definitely did not have the cash to. Um, have all this modified. So um, we did go through, it's called DVR. Okay. And Voc Rehab? Yes. Department of Voc Rehab? Yes, Voc Rehab. And they were able to help 
A for the modifications, but not the van itself. We were responsible for the van, the vehicle. So, um, but the modifications itself and everything that was almost as much, sure. or even more, as the van yeah, itself. That's the big lift, right? Like that, yeah. Get that done. Definitely. So, they they were um, a little hesitant about you know paying for it, but why would there be hesitancy? Um, just. It's a big ask, right? And plus, I was um, using Accessride for transportation. But since I'm working now, and um, I had more of a reason why I needed this vehicle, so I just had to um, really out out speak them and tell them what my needs were and why I needed it, and not having to re rely on Accessride to come pick me up because um, you know. They're always late, and I could be waiting in the cold. And right. for my spinal cord injury, my I'm not able to regulate temperature. So just all those reasons were enough. But to, again, you had to navigate for yourself. You had to advocate right. for yourself. Yes, do you definitely. Think, do you think what you hear from other people is that pretty usual? I mean, I don't want to bash DVR, but I mean, like you, you have to advocate for yourself to make the case that you deserve a van. Yes, I definitely spoke to a lot of people as well and kind of the same stories where they just really had to push them and really express what why you need it and it's a need. Cool. So um but yeah and plus me working with Pasco, right. being in outreach, you know, driving to these different locations and um, you know, most of the time Accessoride was late and picking me up or dropping me off there so um that was another reason why um i needed that to um to work yes i think it's kind of important because it's not a straight path right so you've got craig hospital you've got chanda you've got pasco you've got home builders foundation uh, dvr voc rehab for the vehicle and uh who else helped you with the uh, vehicle modifications that was United Access. United Access. Yes. Yeah. Then you went back to, I believe you went back to Craig for like the uh, Barry. Yeah. Training. Um, so I had to go through an evaluation over at Craig. They have a driving department there to help people get back to driving. So um, there was a whole evaluation there to um, to find out what modifications were needed for my um, ability and, so um, how daunting is that? Like you, like you're so excited to drive, and then you find mm -hmm. out like you have to go through this whole qualification, then you have to go through this whole application. Like, right? I mean, where where are you in this whole thing? Are you just like screw it, I'm not going to do it, or? Yeah, um, <laughs> and most times I wanted to give up, but um, my mom was a big advocate um, as well with that, and just pushing. She doesn't want to drive you around anymore, right? No, she just. <laughs> I mean, that's, she doesn't want you to drive you, Tyler. <laughs> right. She wants me to drive her now. Yeah. So, um, but no, it, it was a long process and a lot of, um, yearly evaluations, um, that I go to Craig to see if I'm getting stronger and stuff like that. So that's another point. If you're increasing, um, in your ability and you think you're able to, um, get behind a steering wheel and, Took, yeah, almost 
or over eight years to get to that point. But, but when you decided to do it, I mean, it didn't take you eight years to get your light. But like from the deciding that I want to get a car to right. when you put the keys in the ignition and you started the first time, how many? How long was that? Months? Two years? Three years? I'd say, yeah, at least four okay. years. Okay. Yeah. So you knew it was possible, and then you right. had to do all these things to get there, and now right. you're there. Yeah. Strong cool. enough, and. You have a How's your picture on your license? It came out pretty good. Yeah, you're yeah. a handsome guy. You're a handsome yeah, guy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, cool. Yeah, completely. All right, we're going to get into work. Uh, so Jason's looking for rides all the time. Yeah, that's yeah, true. So, um, and yeah. I, I'll take a ride whenever. Yeah. He'll get uh, more confident after the snow goes. He'll drive her a year. Definitely. Yeah. Designated DD. So you're now you're working. You're working with us at Pasco. You're going out and about. I think you're... you're, you're uh, your position has increased in probably intensity and responsibility. So before, I think, uh, what would you do? Before? You would go to places. You'd go to join us on things. Right. Yes. Different galas, different, you know. Yeah, all walks. the fun part of our job and right. the work. True. Yeah, different 5K walks where we had a booth. And, um, yeah, the fun things, speaking to other families. Didn't you just have an event on Friday? What was that one? Yeah, that was uh, another fun one. Um, it was with the Global Down Syndrome oh. and their I Love You Dance Party. How did it go? It was fun. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I went last year in person, um, but unfortunately it was virtual this time, of course, yeah. and um, we were the presenting sponsor. So I was able to talk about Pat's going a little bit about my story with Patrick and... That's great. Um, yeah, that was great. So having a role, whether it's with Pasco or not, um, how does that work? You have a, you're on Medicaid. Yes. So so to to successfully keep your Medicaid, what does that mean for work? Right. It means. Is there a formula? There is. Um, there is a threshold, of course. Okay. You know where I'm not able to make over that amount each month or else that would, you know, reduce my SSI or stuff like that. And, um, but luckily there's other programs and, um, that I'm able to make more yep. for that. So, well, that's the goal, right? At yeah. the end of the day, if you can, what are the, the buy-in uh, yeah. for working adults with disabilities? Buy-in Medicaid. Mm-hmm. So that's the goal. I mean, to make yes. more money than, yeah. So that's the goal. Right. Cool. So you're starting a new thing. You're working with a couple of different clients. You have a new car. And then I, I think we're going to end on a couple of things. But like you were mentioning, one of the last times I talked to you, you were saying you were starting uh, the process to maybe get a guide dog. I don't know where that is. Is that anywhere? Um, a weird year, obviously. Yeah. that's That's been delayed a little bit for a service dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but service dog, not guide dog. Service right. dog. Service dog, yes. Um, we'll do yeah. that in post uh, post production. We'll change that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, it's still in the works. But hopefully, when I'm on my own and my next, you know, goal is to own a house, and yep. that'd be awesome to have a service dog to help me with things, you know. If, to pick up or open doors, light switches. Yeah. No, I mean they're they're amazing. Um we have to talk about going viral. Going viral. Yeah. How many followers do you have on uh uh TikTok? 
<laughs> no followers? TikTok? Yeah. Um, no, not not too big on that yet. Insta. How about Insta? Instagram. Um over forty five K. Forty five thousand followers. Yeah. So All right. What what was the catalyst that uh, you know, got got all that attention towards you? Besides your awesome work as just being the coolest <laughs> your cool individual. Hair. <laughs> Well, the yeah. hair got 38,000 followers, <laughs> and then Tyler himself got seven. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so how that all went down was um, I posted a video of myself walking independently without any assistance at all, um, just in my backyard on my deck. And it was on my five-year anniversary of my accident, and... I just wanted to post it on Twitter um, about my progression to my followers. And, you know, back then I only had a couple thousand people. and um, On Twitter? Yeah, and Instagram. And um, But the video just blew up within minutes and got over 8 million views. And just so many people were reaching out to me going through the same situation, whether it be their boyfriend or girlfriend or they know a family member with a spinal cord injury and just everything I've done to get to where I am back on my feet and everything, you know, I've done in therapy to get the most strongest that I can be. So yeah. well you work at how's it. that? You work at it. Yeah. And you're pretty you're pretty humble. You still have this hum humility which is uh nice. I don't know. You do all right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yes, it's Definitely, it's all about your mindset and how you want to get stronger. And, you know, you can't just lay around and give up and not not hope for anything that's going to be in the future. So you got to work. Got to work for it and work hard. Cool. All right, buddy. You'll come back. You'll tell us how this uh, going with the house, the dog. I will. That's, that's, the, next, that's the next show. So Yeah, cool. All right, brother. Be All right, good. man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Tyler. All right.